Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for our, our Bible study and our time of ministry in the Word of God. I trust that all is well with you. God is so good. Um, what a blessing it is to be able to come together again tonight around the Word of God and to receive everything that the Holy Spirit has for us. Um, our series of lessons in this season, we have captioned everything Holy Spirit. And I hope you are getting as much from it as, as I am. I'm just excited, just so thankful um, to have this opportunity to be able to um, minister this, this um, series of teachings to us. Oh hallelujah! Well, last week was awesome. I hope you, um, I hope you joined us. I hope you got it. Um, if you did not join us, um, you need to listen to that message because that was a very unusual one, um, and um, I believe that's the way the Holy Spirit gave it to me. And um, I trust God that a lot of people, a lot of God's children. Um, are walking in the reality, the newness and the reality of the freedom of God that only the Holy Spirit can give. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and share a word of prayer together tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness and your loving kindness. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have done in our lives. Thank you for everything that you are doing Lord, we, we're so honored and so privileged to have this opportunity to be able to come before you um, every week, gather together with the saints around the Word of God um, to receive the richness of the revelation of the Word of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. And we know tonight will not be any different. We're really excited to be here uh, we have we have our hearts ready, our ears are inclined to hear your word. So speak your word to us, impart life to us in the name of Jesus. Bless us even as we get into this um, this next thing that you have for us. I give you all the glory, and I give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much again for joining us tonight. We're so excited. Um, to have the opportunity to come together. I know <laughs> I ran out of, out of time in our last um, in our last service, and oh, that was intense. That was such an intense service. Um, uh, I don't. I hope you didn't feel it as intense as I did over here. But um, there was there was just such a rawness, uh, such a rawness to. To, to the word that we, um, we studied together and the things that were being said, a lot of those areas are deep, sensitive areas, things that concern money, things that concern relationships and how we make decisions and how we work together and things like that, and how all of that affects our walk with the Holy Spirit, our walk with our Father. It's, it's also important, also powerful. But I, um, um, I thank God because I know that the revelation that the Lord gave to us um, is producing fruit. And I know that a lot of people are working in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, a couple of scriptures that I 
couldn't get to read last week or last time because we were I had to rush through it and and try to close um, early I want to start out with that tonight and then see uh, how the Lord helps me navigate going forward we have 40 45 minutes it was I think it was 48 last week um, I, I closed out in prayer and um, when I looked at I looked at the time um, I saw that we had been on for about 48 minutes uh, that's that's a bit long although we didn't have too much of a raw teaching it was just a whole lot of um, um, delving into this particular area that the Holy Spirit led us last week so that was good but I'm gonna try to keep it at 40 45 tonight so let's dive in John chapter 20 <clears throat> is really where we were talking about how the closer we get to the Holy Spirit the more he shares his authority and his ability with us to the point where and, and I'm very very careful how I say this these are very sacred things sacred aspects of of the Word of God sacred aspects of our covenant work with God um, but our closeness our close fellowship and our close work with the Holy Spirit can can bring us to a place where we, we walk with him so intimately that he shares his authority and his ability with us uh, to the point where uh, we we can forgive people we can remit people we can retain people's um, wrongdoings and it's as though the Lord himself was retaining it as though the Lord himself was was judging it and at the same time we can impart the life of God we can impart the life of God to people's lives and it was as though Jesus himself was physically present doing that impartation it's as though the Holy Spirit himself was the one physically imparting that life to them so ah wow what a what a what a glory <laughs> what a glory Ah, yearn for that. I can I can only say that I imagine it. I, I dream of it. Especially the life-giving part, the life-imparting part. That would be so awesome. So awesome. Look at John chapter 20. This is where this is where we were. John chapter 20 from verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he has said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained unto them. And in the Amplified in verse 22, it says, And having said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23. Now, Having received, now having received the Holy Spirit and being led and directed by him, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of anyone, they are retained. Oh, that's so powerful. We identified last week and spent most of our time uh, when we were reading the story of Peter and Ananias and Sapphira. Um, in Acts chapter 5, identified one of the greatest hindrances to any believer's ability to enjoy the fullness of the Holy Spirit is our relationship with money. And we talked a little bit about what the Lord Jesus Christ called mammon. Or the spirit behind the love of money. 
and said that one of the greatest things that competes for the throne room of our lives in our heart is that competes for that throne room with the Holy Spirit is money. And when we have, if we have, an unhealthy relationship with money, and if we have not been delivered from its yokes and shackles, the anxieties it creates, the fears it brings, the pride that it confers upon us when we have a lot of it, and all of that, the pressures that it can bring into our lives. Um, if we have not been delivered from all of that, it will be very difficult, almost impossible, to enjoy the fullness of the blessing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So what a blessing that the Lord leads us I know one time in the in Deuteronomy he said unto the children of Israel, This is why I led you through the wilderness for 40 years, to humble you, to prove you, to see what was in your heart. A lot of times, this is why the Lord allows us as his children um, to actually experience certain things in life, to go through a few things in life that that um challenge us to trust God, challenge us to um to get away from our unhealthy dependence on money, our whole unhealthy dependence on material things, and, and learn to lean more on the Holy Spirit. And praise God, we all desire to have more natural, natural and material benefits, more resources in our lives, more money. Certainly, we can do so much more. We can help more people. We can live a better life. We can, God, and the Lord wants us, the Bible says, He's the one who gives us all things freely to enjoy. The Bible says that, right? Might be one of those scriptures I get to because one of the ones I, I missed out missed, uh, reading last week. Um, but it is so important that we let the Holy Spirit sit in the throne room of our lives. Let him have the lordship. Let him have, there must be no idol. Money must never ever compete. The, 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 the longing for more of it, the, the pressure to hold on to it, the, the desire to, to, to use it for our benefit and the craving to get more from it, the pride that comes from having it and, we must never allow those things to get in the way of the place of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And of course, Ananias and Sapphira, <laughs> they didn't just succumb to the pressure, but they also did not have enough spiritual sense to know that God brought them together to help one another. Iron should sharpen iron right? Amen. That's what the Bible says. And, um, and don't just be one and be one in wrongdoing, be one in not, not seeking the will of God in your marriage, if you're married, um, um, be one in aspiring for God's best, be one in committing to helping one another. And if one isn't doing as well, the other should be challenging them and provoking them and encouraging them. And, and then, but, but we shouldn't be dragging ourselves down and allowing ourselves to walk contrary to the will of God because we, we want to be one. 
The Bible says, what God has joined together, let man not put us under. The context of that scripture is very different. So we, we need to understand, we need to read the word of God with understanding. Amen. All right. All of that. But I wanted to read this scripture, Luke 16, 13, I think it is, where the Lord talked about mammon. And I want to read a couple of scriptures just to wrap up um, last week's teaching from from the um, from the um, from from uh, the book of first Peter. So this is Luke 16, 13. Uh, where the Lord was talking about faithfulness, right? He was talking about being faithful, faithful in 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 much. If you are faithful in in little, you are faithful in much. If you are faithful in um, money, you are faithful in in true riches. You are faithful in what belongs to another person. You'll be faithful. God will give you yours. If you're and on and on like that, right? But in in verse thirteen, the Lord said, "No man, no servant, can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other." Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. No servant can serve two masters. You and I are servants, servants of God. We're children of God, but we're also called to serve him. We're servants of God. You cannot, for either, you cannot love both. You can't love God and love money. It's impossible. It's impossible. You cannot be sold out to God and be sold out to money. You can't. It's impossible. You can't prioritize God and at the same time prioritize money. It's impossible. That's what the Lord is saying. You can't serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. And let's just make that, apply that to the series of, of studies that we've been doing, everything Holy Spirit, you, you cannot have an intimate walk with the Holy Spirit and yet, and yet have an unhealthy relationship with money. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. You, you cannot have an unhealthy relationship like Ananias and Sapphira did. You can't have that kind of unhealthy relationship or any kind of unhealthy relationship with money and, and material things and yet have a close, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is impossible. It is impossible. And, and so, Paul, in writing to Timothy, let's, this is the last one I, I, I couldn't get to last week because of time. But you see there in 1 Timothy chapter 6 where... Um, Towards the end of it, in um, in verse 17, he actually tells us as believers the way we should relate with money, right? In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, charge them that are rich in this world. Now, when you hear the word rich, it sounds to you like uh, a Jeff Bezos or uh, Elon Musk. That's not, no, 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 that's not, that's not what the Bible is describing as rich. Because most believers don't have that kind of wealth. <laughs> and what, then of course, you know, that's a totally different thing. You know, having wealth is totally different from being blessed. It's great to have wealth, but the blessing is the most important thing. Because with the blessing comes every, everything else. The Bible says in Genesis 24, 1, and, and, and Abraham was blessed. He was, he, was, he was old and stricken in years, and God had blessed him in all things. That's the will of God for, for you and for me. 
that we will be blessed in all things. We'll be satisfied with everything that God has given to us in life. Satisfied with health, satisfied with with, with um, long life, satisfied with our relationships, satisfied with, with everything. Amen. But when what the Bible describes as rich here, the context of being rich here means you have you are endowed with natural resources. You are endowed, you have more, you are sufficient to live on, and you have extra. That's that's what. And that extra is not talking about uh, millions extra. It's not talking about thousands. It just means you are endowed. You, you, have, you have a lot of your needs met, and you have sufficient left over that you can share with others. That's, that's that's the context of being rich. Now, now listen to what he says. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. That's the pride. They be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. If they don't trust in uncertain riches, then who should they trust in? Trust in. In the living God, he says, but in the living God. Why is he called uncertain riches? Because <clears throat> money can grow wings and fly away. Everything in this world is ephemeral, it's short term, it's short lived, it's temporary. Somebody can have <laughs> billions of dollars today, they can lose it all tomorrow. Right? So it's uncertain. It says, charge them, don't trust. In uncertain re- don't put your confidence. Don't put your confidence in uncertain riches. Don't don't put your confidence in uncertain riches. Who went, put it in the living God who gives watch down, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That's the one who deserves our trust. Trust in the living God who gives us all things richly to enjoy, of course. And uh, then it says there that they do good. Still talking to those who have material resources. Prioritize doing good that they be rich in good works. Be rich in good works. Ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. Hmm? Do good. Be rich in good works. Ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. That is willing to share. Willing to share. Willing to be a blessing. It says laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Amen. Amen. Laying up in store. But how do you lay up in store? By being good. By being good to people. By sharing. By loving. By, by, by not holding on. And not using the bulk of what you have for yourself. But by being a blessing to God. Being a blessing to the kingdom of God. Being a blessing to God's people. Being a blessing to the poor. Amen. And just a few verses before this. In the same First Timothy chapter 6. Uh, he says this here. Um, in verse, verse 6, it says, But godliness with contentment 
is great gain. <laughs> For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out of it. One thing is certain. One thing is a money is uncertain, but this fact is, is certain. We brought nothing into everyone that was born. Nobody, no child, no baby was born <laughs> with a gold gold chain on his neck. <laughs> no, if, if a baby came out of the womb with a gold chain on their neck, the mother, the mother was the mother will run from that baby. I guarantee that. Right? So in the same way that we brought nothing into this world, it is certain. We will take nothing out of it. So wherever it is you hide your money, wherever it is you keep your wealth, wherever it is you, whatever it is you are doing with it, when you leave this earth, you are going to leave everything behind. You are not taking anything with you. <laughs> right? So he says here, um, um, godliness with contentment. That is, we should just be satisfied and thankful. If we're godly people, if we're righteous people, and if we have enough and have more than enough, we should be thankful. We shouldn't put our minds on that and be high-minded and then let that become an idol to us. How to get more, how to not give, how to not run out. No, 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 no. Then it says in verse 8: and having food and raiment, clothing, let us be there with. Content. Let's be satisfied, right? Let's be content. It says, For they that, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. That is, those who are willing to give up everything just to get money. Those whose priority in life is to pursue money, not pursue God. They fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Mm. So, the Bible says prioritize God. Prioritize your relationship with God. Not your relationship with money. Right? Then this is the popular verse a lot of people take out of context. For the love of money is the root of all evil. So that's the spirit of mammon, right? That's that mammon. The spirit of the love of money. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith, and they have passed themselves through with many sorrows. Says, But thou, O man of God, woman of God, flee these things, follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. For the love of money. It didn't say for money. Money is not the root of all evil. Money is a servant. And what what you use it for, the purpose you give to it, determines um, who it is serving. If God gives you a lot of it, and you make that money a servant to serve the will of God on the earth, and to advance the kingdom of God, and to be a blessing to the kingdom of God and be a blessing to the world, be a blessing to, to people around you, then you are glorifying God with that money. But if you have a lot of money, God gives you a lot of money, or some money, you have enough and a little left over. But you are consuming all the time, always on yourself. And you are not really prioritizing 
the will of God, prioritizing the, the plan of God in how you use your resources, well, then that money is not serving God, it's serving you. As a matter of fact, a lot of times it's serving the devil. That spirit, that mammon spirit, that spirit of the love of money. And the way out of it is put it aside and prioritize our relationship with God. Holy Spirit, my close walk with you is the most important thing in my life. Doing the will of God, pleasing God every day of my life is my greatest priority. Anything you say, that's what I'm going to do. Anywhere you lead, that's where I'm going to go. Holy Spirit, you sit on the throne room of my life. Every day, take your place. Have your way. Do that which is pleasing unto yourself. Use me as an instrument to bring glory unto yourself. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That's it. That's the life that you and I have been called to live. A life of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So I have identified one major enemy. There are many others. But in the way that the Lord has helped us and led us in these Bible studies, you know, I told you I just follow the Holy Spirit. And, and this is one of the big ones. This competition that money and the love of money has with our relationship with God. Having an unhealthy relationship with money Succumbing and yielding to mammon, the spirit of the love of money, will make us forfeit the benefit and the privilege of having a close, intimate walk with the Holy Spirit. Keep this in mind. Our source of divine empowerment is the Holy Spirit. I know many people think money is the source of empowerment in life. Like if they think, if I have money, I have power. It's not necessarily so. In a limited way, in a limited sense, yes, it can be so. But it is not a, our source of divine empowerment is the Holy Spirit. Okay, I like the authority to impart life. The authority of the Holy Spirit that he shares with us to impart life, to impart life to those around us, those that he brings across our path. I, I really love that concept. Just want to read a couple of scriptures here. You remember when Peter, this same Peter who spoke to Simon, you know, I, I talked about, a little bit about Simon. You remember in um, let's, I'm going to start from there, Acts chapter eight. This Simon was the one who saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and he 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 he, he wanted. He, he asked the apostles, I, "I want to. Can I pay you? Can I give you money so I can have this gift of the Holy Spirit?" And I remember saying to us last week. No, the, the, the price we pay for the gifts and for the assignments and appointments and the blessings of the Holy Spirit is not natural, it's not material, it's not money, it's not physical. The price we pay is spiritual. And, and if we pay that spiritual price, the Lord himself will endow us. He will endow us with the spiritual graces, the spiritual gifts, the spiritual blessings that have been ordained for us. But... But this was that um, 
that confused gentleman, Simon, uh, who asked that he was going to pay the apostles and asked that. And, and Peter and Peter was very, very stern with him. Let's 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 read a couple let's read a couple of verses there. But I really want to go spend more time where where God used the Holy Spirit shared his authority and his ability with Peter to impart life. Hallelujah. Now here you are. Look at um, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And in uh, verse... Look at verse 17. Acts chapter 8 and verse 17. Then laid they their hands on them, the, the people in Samaria. This revival was outbreaking and the power of God was was all over these people as as the apostles and and Philip and, and the rest of the people ministered. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon, earlier in the, the scripture, he told us who Simon was, right? You can go read it out. Go read it up to yourself, yourself. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, what did he do? He offered them money. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. He didn't offer them money because he wanted to enable them to do more of the work of God, which is the right reason to to give money, to give our resources to the kingdom of God and to God's servants. He didn't give them resources to be a blessing to themselves and to their families, which which is a right thing, which is a good thing. He didn't offer them money um, to, to, to help them uh, uh, purchase more things, to be able to reach the world, be able to evangelize. And No, no, no. Listen to why he offered them money in verse 19. Saying, give me also this power. That's why he was offering them money. Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said he was very stern with him. Verse 20, but Peter said unto him, your money perish with you because you have thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Look at at what he said to him in verse 22. Repent therefore of this your wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven for I perceive you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Whoa, that's that's just big out there. That's just big. But notice, it's money. It's money. And Simon saw what the Holy Spirit was doing. He saw what the ministers, what the disciples were doing with the power of the Holy Spirit and he offered them money. Oh, if just, just, I, I just want this same power. I just want this same power. Because in his mind, money is the source of um, divine empowerment. If I can pay for it, I can have it. No, but that's not true. If, if the more I have, the more I can have access to, to God, God's power, God's, no, it's not true. The Holy Spirit is the source of divine empowerment. Now, this same Peter, who spoke sternly to this man, let's just read a couple of verses here, chapter 9. Just go to the next chapter, Acts chapter 9. Let's read from verse 32. Remember in verse 32, it says right here, It came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints who dwelt at Leda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, 
Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And the man arose immediately. Arose immediately. See, Peter, Jesus was not there physically. But Jesus was sharing his authority and his ability with Peter by the Holy Spirit. This same Peter who spoke to Simon, who was trying to purchase the gift of the Holy Spirit by money in his foolishness, this same Peter <laughs> said unto this man, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. You see that? He didn't say, um, um, he didn't say, let, let me ask Jesus. Let me see what Jesus would like to do. No, look at what he said. Peter said unto me, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Like, he's speaking on behalf of Christ, right there and there. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. That's the Holy Spirit sharing his authority and his ability with us. But he didn't even stop there. <laughs> right after this, let's keep on reading. In um, And all that dwell in, in verse 36, Now there was a Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and arms deeds which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and she died. Whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lida was near to Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come unto them. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him. This woman was such a good woman, Dorcas. Glory be to God. See, see, that is, that's what the Bible was, that's what, that's what Paul was telling us in 1 Timothy. He was saying to the rich, to those who are well supplied, to use their blessings to help people, use their blessings to benefit the kingdom of God and benefit those that God sends their way benefit the people who are serving God around them, benefit the poor and the needy. You remember we read that scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 6? That's exactly what that woman Dockers did. She was well supplied, but look at what she did. All these widows <laughs> brought, them in, brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put all of them out and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, Dorcas, arise! And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. This is imparting the life of God using the authority and the ability of the Holy Spirit like the Holy Spirit himself or like Jesus himself was the one right on the scene doing the impartation. You know, he didn't stop there. It's the end of chapter 9. And then I know I can't read any further in this because I that's just I have 10 more minutes of 5 to 10 more minutes here. So let me let, let's try to let's try to kind of transition and and, and, and say one or two other little things before I have to close tonight. But you know, it did not end here. This is the end of Acts chapter 9. In chapter 10, Acts chapter 10, is the story of Cornelius. Again, that's the example of someone who was well supplied, but who was seeking the kingdom of God, who was prioritizing, looking for the kingdom of God. Beloved, I hope you, I hope, I hope you are seeing something here. 
Because for two services in a row, the Lord has put the light very strongly on the place of material benefits, material blessings, resources, and the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit. And I know that this is not something, that's why I told you last week, I'm, you know, these are very sacred, very sensitive areas. And this is not something, these are not things you, we hear taught about all the time. Or, but these are so important. This, this, these principles of the kingdom of God, principles of walking with God, principles of being intimate with the Holy Spirit are so important. We've said it, we've seen it in different ways. One of the greatest limitations for most believers in being able to gain access to the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has for them is their unhealthy relationship with money. I'm saying it again. I said it several times last week. I probably said it already tonight, but I'm saying it again. I'm repeating it over and over and over because I don't want you to forget. I want this very strongly registered in your spirit. I want you to remember it all the time. And as you remember it, I want you to do the will of God where this area of your life is concerned. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Learning to trust God with your resources. You know that scripture in Jeremiah 17, if you've been around abundant life for any amount of time, you've, you've probably heard us minister on that scripture. During our, our anniversary, um, our 20th anniversary was really my, my theme scripture for one of our major services. Jeremiah 17, from verse 5 to 7. And of course, it goes all the way beyond that, but, but just verse 5 to 7 says a lot. Jeremiah 17, curse is the man who, who, who trusts in man. Look at this. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, cause be the man that trusted in man, and maketh flesh his arm. And whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a heath in the desert. And shall not see when good comes. But shall inhabit the part places in the wilderness. In a salt land not inhabited. Verse 7. But blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. And whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. And that spreadeth out her roots by the rivers. And shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The blessing is in learning to trust God. The blessing is in learning, Paul told us the same thing in 1 Timothy 6, is learning to trust God with the resources of life that we have or that we don't have yet. Is learning, learning, training ourselves strongly to trust God. Hallelujah. None of us should use our lack of resources as a crutch. Like, like oh, yeah, and I never have to give. Some people just never give. <laughs> just never give, never. They always expect people to give to them. They always expect. Therefore, they keep themselves poor. No. We should get up. Even if we don't have much. Sometimes. Use the little we have as a seed to be a blessing. Be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Be a blessing to other people. Amen. Gives the Holy Spirit more access to fulfill the work, the word of God and the word of the covenant of prosperity in our lives. 
And if you have a lot more than little, <laughs> your needs are mostly met and you have leftover, don't prioritize so many other things, how you can hold on to it, how you can, yeah, save some and as the Lord leads you, but make sure you're always letting the Lord lead you in the use of you. Trust God with your resources. You, whether you have little or whether you have much, you trust God with your resources. You freely give, you freely love with it, you freely bless with it, you, you, know, you trust God with it. And the Holy Spirit will have more access to fulfilling your life the covenant of prosperity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where are we? 41 minutes. I think I should try to close. I should close. Let's read one last scripture here. Let's go to Luke. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to Luke chapter 4. The Holy Spirit is our source of divine empowerment. (laughs) Luke chapter 4. The Holy Spirit is our source of divine empowerment. Luke chapter 4, look at verse 14. Jesus was just coming out of uh, a time of intimacy with God, with the Holy Spirit, and a time of, of temptation, of engaging in spiritual warfare with Satan and defeating him. In verse 13, the Bible says, when the devil had ended up, ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season, verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee. Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is our source of divine empowerment, has great that's uh, um, that's one of the greatest privileges that we enjoy by being close to him. He's our source of divine empowerment. You cannot be close to the Holy Spirit and not enjoy divine empowerment in your life. It is impossible. Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, you go down to verse 18. When you open the book... Isaiah chapter 60, he opened to that uh, 61. But here in verse 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. He has sent me to preach recovering of sight to the blind. He has sent me to, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. He has empowered me. The Holy Spirit is our source of divine empowerment. So the more Holy Spirit we have in our lives, the more divine empowerment. The more yielded we are to the Holy Spirit, the more divine empowerment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said in the Amplified, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity, 
to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is our source of divine empowerment. One last scripture. You know, you remember in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good, doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. The Holy Spirit is your source of divine empowerment. The Holy Spirit is my source of divine empowerment. Let's go ahead and thank God for everything, Holy Spirit. Lord, we bless you. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your mighty manifestation in our lives. Thank you for the outpouring of your power. Thank you for the ministries of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you, he's our comforter, he's our strengthener, he's our helper, he's our counselor, he's our standby, he's our teacher, he's our everything. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We give you praise today. Lord, for every man and every woman, every boy and every girl, everyone under the sound of my voice today, wherever they are, across the, 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 the nations of the world, in the name of Jesus, bring them, all of us, into a place of greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit so we can enjoy more and more of His divine empowerment in our lives. Father, for those that are bruised, those that are oppressed, I declare they are free tonight in the name of Jesus. For those that are blind, I declare their eyes are open tonight in the name of Jesus. For those that are poor, I speak upon them the covenant of prosperity in the name of Jesus. Those that are bound, I declare deliverance and freedom in the name of Jesus. I speak the favor of God upon every life, upon every life. Father, we thank you. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for the blessing of this service. I give you all the glory and I give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you so much, saints, for being with us tonight. Wow, what a powerful service this was. Glory to God, glory to God. Well, our time is up. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Same time. God bless you. Good night.